0: made it now I know they hate it now and I'm on a natural high. It's looking like I'm faded now and I got it on my lonely no one had to wait around people trying to weigh us down black and proud I say it now if you blew up off a of head you about to get deflated now talking work on top of work and I'm the best I know my job I was praying for a change up in the church like oh my god oh my god I was starving for a meal I hope it changes for the
1: boys alive, we're doing a special Merry Christmas episode um, in Zoom. On Zoom, we're on the Zoom machines. I can see these lovely fellas. Uh, Justin's wearing a long Santa hat for some reason, and Dylan is just Oh, up I had. As- <laughs> Dylan's dressed up as the Grinch. Hey, no, he's not. He's not dressed up as the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> he, so- he's
2: the real. He's the real Grinch. Only <laughs> a Grinch would not wear a, a Grinch outfit.
1: Only a Grinch would tell everybody in the group that we're dressing up for a podcast and then not show up with any kind of dress-up materials. So just want to let you guys know. Uh Justin participated. He's got the long, the long John elf hat on. Uh he's supposed to be an elf, looks nothing like an elf. I am supposed to be Santa hey, Claus. Elf. I basically don't look like Santa. And uh Dylan <laughs> <laughs> is the Grinch who stole the Grinch's costume. What's up, Dylan?
0: Good to see you, gents. I say that literally. It's also just great to be back. Uh, You said it beforehand. uh, It does make me legitimately sad that I can't be here with y'all and just kind of discuss the thing that really just brings us closer and closer together. But the good news is I'm back. I'm ready to go. I have my bubs here. We are ready to go. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Doing Chilly, great, man. man.
2: Doing great, and this this podcast is brought to you by Truly. It's <laughs> our first sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just drinking because football has me upset, and I gotta I gotta stay hydrated. So I'm drinking some basically just alcoholic water. <laughs> so that's how my day is going,
1: guys. My day is going great. Uh, Christmas. I know this is your favorite time of year, Dylan, because we talked about this when we did the Thanksgiving special. So this is your time to shine. Christmas. Uh, I like Christmas. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I don't like the commercial side of it, you guys. I don't like feeling stressed that I have to buy this and I got to spend $500 on the significant other. And then it's like, oh, uh, my stepmom-in-law got me a pair of socks that I'll never wear. I guess I need to go find something for her. Like, Well, luckily for me, I live in Macon and I have no family around me. So I don't even know if I'm going anywhere. And if I don't, the good news is I have to buy zero gifts this year. So that's what I'm excited about the most, you guys. <laughs> Buying no gifts.
2: Santa's <laughs> definitely bringing you coal. Yeah, who's, who's
0: the real Grinch? <laughs> yeah, man. All right, good to know. <laughs> no,
2: I, I I am I am particularly excited for Christmas this year, man. Being being a dad makes Christmas gives it that whole new meaning. I don't care about me. I don't care about giving my wife any presents either. No offense, wife. We don't, we don't drop wife's name on the pod until she, uh, starts, you know, bringing in some content for this podcast. But yeah, man, being a dad, Christmas time, one and a half year old, it's a good time. He just loves ripping stuff up. I mean, I could just give him a box and he'd probably have a good time with it, but it's nice. And you know, nice, happy occasion, to give him some gifts, see some family, eat some good food, no COVID for this holiday. So, I'm excited, man. I'm very, very excited.
1: Dylan, I know you love Christmas. You're over there smiling, cheesing. Well, what do you what do you do for Christmas? Do you stay in Nashville? Do you go back to Memphis? What do you typically do?
0: A little bit of both. Um, you know, just um, it really just depends on um, availability, honestly, just whether or not I have to work or whether you know what's going on or whatnot. Uh, you know obviously I have Miller so uh, that just kind of just you know it just causes just a little bit of a coordination so it uh, needs to be done right it needs to be done in a timely manner. Um, thankfully, uh, my brother and I really don't have that issue, so it just kind of just it's all about just who can watch what but I love Christmas because it just uh, it just brings people together you know when around this time of year you know you start seeing like you know little mini miracles or even greater miracles like it just It just warms your heart each and every day because you just see people, yeah, they're going through the rat race and going through the hustle and bustle of, you know, the stress. And obviously, you know, for Justin, for parents that are really just trying to just do everything they can to give their kid just the world. It's, you know, yeah, that can lead to a little bit of stress, but. Ultimately, it's all worth it because come that day, everyone's together, everyone's opening gifts, everyone's laughing, everyone's smiling, everyone's just bringing in and just taking in moments of just being together with the ones that you really love. And that's what I truly love about Christmas.
2: That's awesome. That's the, that's the damn spirit. <laughs> Damn Dylan's- it, Rob! Why can't
1: you be more like Dylan? <laughs> no, Dylan. Dylan's getting me all jolly and and happy and and holly and whatever. Whatever you do, that's the point,
0: man. I mean, how how can you not feel that this way around this time of year? It's. I mean, I, I do. I mean, yeah. I mean, we see the same Christmas movies. We we unfortunately. Yeah. What do you mean? Unfortunately, I, I was ones. just watching the guy Elf shot himself in night. the eye I mean,
1: with a little boy. Oh, the Christmas story. Whatever it is. Wait, you know? what is what is each of your favorite
2: Christmas movie? Rob's is probably like Die Hard or something that's <laughs> not a Christmas movie. But
1: well, I, I need to know at least what Dylan's that is favorite a Christmas,
0: Christmas movie. movie. I, I well, I, I do believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I but have no an fa-
1: opinion on that.
0: My favorite Christmas movie. Um, That's really tough because I'm very predictable when it comes to Christmas movies. I watch the same ones year in and year out and I never get sick of them. But I guess if I really had to say just basically, uh, I'm going to go with the Grinch because technically the Grinch did teach me to read. Like I watched the movie as a child so much that even like, as I'm holding the book upside down, I'm sitting there like reading along with the narrator. So the Grinch did technically teach me to read and, I'm going to just go ahead, get ahead and say the Grinch, the cartoon version. Dude, the Grinch scares the shit out of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jim Carrey's Grinch is the, one of the creepiest movies, in my opinion. Like, if I was a child and I woke up, you know, the classic situation, you're a little kid, you wake up, and there's some weird, like, Girls Gone Wild commercial on or something, you're like, oh, what the hell? Um Imagine that, but you're a little child and the Grinch is on, and you wake up at three in the morning and you just see,
0: oh god, that scary, yeah, nose and yep, it's a no for me, dog. Smile and his his teeth that apparently like he has like four sets of teeth all on top of one another. Yeah,
2: it's 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 a no for me, dog. It's got to be Elf. Elf is the goat. You're a baby. I love
1: I Elf,
0: mean, though. I do love Elf, though.
1: You're a baby. You're scared of the Grinch? I never said I was <laughs> <Yes>. scared <laughs> of the Grinch. It's like, scared carries a
0: hard term.
1: You're scared <laughs> of the Grinch. Listen, the Grinch is... The Grinch is awesome. I didn't even think of that when I was thinking about Christmas movies. I really didn't, but... Dylan mentioned the cartoon Grinch, which is my favorite Grinch because I'm old and that's what we used to watch. I did not. I had not. Here's a fun fact. I had not seen Jim Carrey's The Grinch until like fully through. I had not sat down and watched it until maybe two years ago. Two years ago. Samantha made me watch it. I was like. Isn't no, I like it. It's yeah. a great movie. It's, it's incredible. Trash. It's great. Elfie is Crash. my favorite movie. Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? I have a bunch of quotes from that movie that I really really enjoy. He's really happy. He just runs around. He's he's like me. Buddy the Elf reminds me of me when I drink Starbucks espresso and then call I call me around. Elf
0: one more time. Elf. <laughs> okay, Tyrion. <laughs> hey, I'll take that title for like. Oh yeah, I'll take that title for sure. <laughs>
1: Tarian, Tarian's a badass. No, but Christmas, um, you know, and we will get, we will get rolling into football folks. We promise, but this is the Christmas special. Justin, you were here. One thing I do enjoy about, um, Christmas time is when you have cool lights, uh, you got to enjoy and see some of Macon's downtown. They had a really cool light set up. Seemed like it was set up to the music. Um, I had never been downtown and actually enjoyed the Macon festival lights that they do for Christmas. I think they've really added to it the past couple of years. So that was really cool for a small town like Macon. Justin also has something up in Hanover, which is the, is it called the Hanover house? What's the house with the lights, with the radio that is just insane that you guys took me to? Oh,
2: yeah, um, it's pretty cool. I don't know if other places in the country do this, but apparently in small town Pennsylvania, there's a lot of this, but at least a few. Um, but basically this house is like decked out with these crazy lights that are synchronized with a radio station. So you basically tune your radio to the station and the lights pair with the music. Now, crazy thing. We had two of those in town. I believe both of them actually moved away. So that is no longer in Hanover, which is crazy. Very, very crazy. It's a shame. It's something that, um, I probably went to like every year, um, which seems very redundant and repetitive because it's really the same thing every year. But it's still very cool, a nice Christmas tradition. Um, but yeah, man, Christmas in small town in small town USA is always a pretty cool time. The lights in Macon were awesome, very cool to see. Um being from Pennsylvania, got to go to Hershey Park yesterday with the fam. Uh lots of cool lights there, um, fun stuff to do for the children and myself riding some roller coasters in the 35 degree weather, but <laughs> Yeah, dude, Christmas Christmas uh, is cause for you know, having some fun times doing
1: fun activities with the with the kid. So, got to love it. Cause for cheer, man. Christmas time, ho ho ho. You got to love the ho ho hos and the and the jolly christmases and all that stuff that comes along with it. If you had to pick one Christmas tradition before we move on, one Christmas tradition from each of you that is your favorite that you've adapted or that you've done over the years, what would it be? Uh, Dylan.
0: Um, that's tough. Um, I haven't really developed any new, you know, traditions. I've always kind of just stuck with Christmas, you know, from what I've always enjoyed. Um, I guess you could say now, um, uh, within the last three years, um, you just get a group of friends together and you, uh, go to, um, just a, A light exhibit that's not really so much a light exhibit so we go to the uh, the Gaylord Opry uh, hotel here in Nashville and we just walk around inside the hotel and they have all these like lights that are all set up and they just look tremendous they look beautiful and you know they have like a few like restaurants and bars inside like uh, we we visited a place called a Frosty's Pub and uh, he had a uh, gingerbread uh, old-fashioned that was uh incredible it's us uh, i quickly slurped down too without really <laughs> really realizing it but it just that's that's just frosty he just he just knows how to get you, you know? <laughs> dude, frosty's but, a cheeky son of a gun dude, dude but, uh, i
1: you just reminded me about frosty the snowman the cartoon what about that that's a classic trash that is trash. that's a
0: classic Crash. I love I love me some Frosty growing up too. Like any of like the cartoons, <laughs> even the uh, you know Rudolph, you know with the elf or not, you know um, the giant uh, God. I'm I'm blanking on his name, but uh, you know the big miner yeah, that was Marsh, <laughs> Marsh, <laughs> what? It was. The I, have, I have no
1: clue what he's talking about, Justin. It, it was. Uh, what was it?
0: It was Rudolph <laughs> the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was the cartoon version. It was the miner that was trying to get them away from the uh, abominable snowman. Miner
1: 49er, That's from Scooby-Doo. No, that's from
0: no. you. That's <laughs> yeah, that is from me. Yeah, I'm blanking right now, but I he's would blanking. always just laugh. Like I would just laugh uncontrollably when he would be like, Mir! Oh my God. Mir!
1: Uh, Dylan, Dylan's (laughs) off the deep end. Justin, what's your, what's your favorite tradition? We got to get this (laughs) Um, Every year,
2: Christmas Eve, um, we always just order Chinese food. I think that's pretty cool. Something I try not to, uh, to skip out on try to make a point to make that happen every year with the wife. Um, You know, we've been doing it since we've been together. So that's pretty cool. And my honorary favorite Christmas tradition was, um, having my dear friend, Rob spend Christmas with me every year, sadly, not this year. We'll be back on track next year for sure. I'm, I'm going to make a point of it. Cause I have a house now. Now I am not living oh, yeah. in a basement, <laughs> but I'm still living in a basement. I will not be in a basement in like two months.
0: So Christmas,
2: Christmas with the stands. It looks like you're being
0: held against your will, ladies and gentlemen. If you could see (laughs) Justin right now, you would probably question if he's like being like a torture victim right now. Oh yeah,
1: I'm in a a laundry room, so (laughs) it's going well. Well, both of those are great traditions. And especially the second one, you mentioned me coming to Hanover. That was a pretty cool tradition. I, um, probably my favorite tradition that I've developed as an adult, um, because for me, Christmas growing up was kind of weird. Like my dad didn't, my dad didn't celebrate Christmas. Like he's super Christian. So like, and like the symbolism behind it, we don't have to dive into that. This isn't that podcast, but he would like always fight against having a Christmas tree and doing all the traditional stuff. And my mom wanted to do it. So then when we were younger, like we might have Christmas one year, and then we might go like four years without exchanging gifts. So like, it, it was weird. As I grew up to be an adult, developing traditions like Justin just talked about, going up there, exchanging gifts, hanging out with them, man. It was always awesome. Hanover is honestly my favorite Christmas experience. Um, just the people, the the food, the drinks, hanging out with you guys. Definitely got to get that back on track. It can still happen. I can still come up this week. It would just be uh, you know, last minute. So we definitely haven't planned it oh, a lot yeah, man. right now. We we can make it happen. We got time. We do, we, we got do days ahead of us. And and my tradition, guys, really quickly that I developed with my family in memphis is we would go to my stepdad's uh parents house so my step grandparents whatever and they've been doing this since they were like 10 years old and they're now in their 60s and you all get together and everybody makes their own pizza on christmas eve so similar to justin it also revolves around food which you show up they make all the dough so they have all the pies laid out for you they got all the toppings anything you could imagine and everybody makes themselves an entire homemade pizza You eat it and then you bag the rest and take it home with you for leftovers for the next day. It is uh probably my favorite Christmas tradition. So uh, I'm I'm feeling festive now, boys. You got me out of the Grinch mode. I'm feeling like Santa. I'm feeling like giving away some some coal and giving away some treats and some candies and toys. Giving away uh, coal? Like
0: you don't say you're just giving away like, you know, gifts. You just like you're instantly just gonna go (laughs) straight for the naughty kids. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Santa has never been been, like. (laughs) I'm giving away coal. Hell yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna
0: start giving away. I'm in the giving spirit. First thing I'm gonna start giving away is coal. Like, (laughs) man, I'm so hyped to give away coal.
1: Hell yeah, coal.
0: (laughs) You can make the argument that we probably should have kept him out of the festive mood. That way, he's not at least giving away coal. We just this is to like (laughs) spread cheer and you know (laughs) toys. And Rob just is so you know anxious to just give people you know lumps of coal you're a terrible person.
1: Look, I'm not trying to give it away. It's just in my nature, man. If you play bad, you get coal. That's what we're doing this week. If you play bad, you get a lump of coal or bullets. Santa's got those as well. And if you played well, if you played well, you just get happiness and compliments and treats from the boys. So, nice slap on
0: the ass. <laughs> no. A nice, oh, uh, a nice no. appropriate ass slap. No, no. A good job, sweetheart.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, since we are talking about guys slapping guys on the ass, we might as well jump over to segue to the whoa, Chiefs whoa, and the Chargers whoa. game. Whoa. You guys said it. Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Chargers, you guys. Let's get going. This game happened on Thursday. Patrick Mahomes may like to slap guys on the butt, some have said. So that's where I want to go there with this. Uh, but in the game, he did not do that. The man was was dealing – Guys, this was a huge game in the AFC West. The week started out with a bang. The final score was 34-28. In overtime, the Chiefs take down the Chargers. A lot of people want to see the overtime rule reversed. They think Herbert should have gotten a shot, but it is what it is. These are the rules. These are the rules. Dylan agrees. Mahomes got the ball. He went down. Kelsey with the walk-off, 100-yard touchdown, not 100 yards. It felt like it. It seemed like it seems like yeah, it yeah. shook off Looked six like defenders, yeah. six different people seemed like they had a chance to tackle this man as Kelsey just put together one of the most goaded games of his career and uh carried that team to a win because Tyreek Hill was on the sideline there at the end. But you guys, the Chiefs continue to roll. Again, I think you predicted this, Justin. You might have called this weeks ago that the Chiefs were gonna be fine, they were gonna get back on track. I think I had put the dun chain on them. So, you know, what impressed you the most about this win on Thursday?
2: I'll say what I said last week. They have impressed me the most on the defensive side of the ball. And yes, the chargers put up points, but this chiefs team, if this was earlier in the season, they probably would have gave up way more than they did in this situation against a very high powered offense. The defense seems like they got their feet under them. Again, they, you know, stepped it up big time when they needed to in this game, they got the stops they needed to, especially on those fourth down attempts that the Chargers just seemed to keep going for time after time and not converting. Um, And just the way they got Kelsey involved in this game was huge. Cause I said this last week, I've said this before Kelsey, they seem like they got away from where they were successful. And that was getting the ball to Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in football. He proved why he's the best end in football, nearly putting up 200 yards, two scores and that walk off where he just could not, would not go down. So that, that was to me, the biggest takeaway from this game, you know, the defense and Mr. Travis Kelsey.
0: Well, I would definitely uh, piggyback on that with the Travis Kelsey, but I would also add Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill played a, just a big, well, obviously not as big an impact as, you know, Kelsey having the walk off, but you know, Apparently he was cramping pretty hard, you know, possible uh, hamstring, you know, issue. But thankfully, you know, he happened to catch 13 balls. Also happened to just be a prolific wide receiver as he usually is. Um, it's funny because I, I had saw a, a tweet from uh, from <laughs> from an influencer. Let's just say that, and uh, was asking, "Would you only take fans the, is
1: not an influencer, Dylan?"
0: <laughs> I didn't see this tweet from OnlyFans. fans. <laughs>
1: didn't see that. Okay. Okay.
0: It, it's well, it's someone that we've reached out to. It's someone who is, you know, gave us insight, but anyway, but, uh, thankfully, uh, they, they, uh, asked, uh, who do you think would be better? The Cowboys trio of Aikman, Emmett and Irvin or Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And I at least just had to kind of, like, stop in my tracks and just kind of think, like, well, it's, it's nice to have a dominant running back, but if you have a dominant tight end and wide receiver, like, that's really tough to cover from all aspects of the field. And that's just what I just kind of just thought of, just to show the greatness of that, 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 that those are even just being compared with. I mean. Cowboys. No, I mean, I'm talking about Hall of Famers. I'm not. They just happen to have a star on their helmet. That's right. That's
1: impressive. what I'm saying. I'm saying having Emmett Smith on your team to me is worth more than having Hill and Kelsey. Is it. it? I don't know. It's up for debate.
0: Well, I mean, that, that's that's what I was saying. Like, you're all you're both smiling right now. You know, if the listeners can see it, they 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 see you grinning, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, There's really not much more to say about the Chiefs. Justin's been alluding to it the last few weeks, you know, just about their defensive play. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if I seem a little anxious or if I seem a little off, the Saints game is on with uh, going up against uh, Tampa Tampa Bay.
1: And, uh, Tampa,
0: Tampa Bay. You yeah. ever heard Tampa? Yeah. Nah, bro. Yeah, he, I like yeah, he's, dude. He's, he's, he's Brady, that. He trademarked that. He trademarked that already. Like, yeah, when yeah. he got traded there, it was like
2: an instant trademark. It's genius because you know all those street vendors outside of the stadium were like Tampa yeah. Bay. Get your Tampa Bay shirts before we could get to that. So <laughs> well, he had to hop yeah, on that
0: quick. Just, well, well, I just wanted to just let our listeners know that I may seem a little outrageous at times or a little bit more outrageous, I guess you could uh, appropriately <laughs> say, but um, thankfully the chiefs are, I don't want to say in the driver's seat of the AFC because the AFC to me is still wide open. I just think even with the Titans lost today, I still believe that the chiefs are, well, they're definitely the number one seed right now, but yep, there's, still yep. pa- there, there's still some, there's still some parity up at, even at the top and at the bottom in mean, the AFC wild card race is going to be wild these next three weeks, man. Like there's so much at stake right now.
1: I mean, there's a ton at stake. It, it sucks that somebody had to lose this game. Cause I like watching both teams. Um,
0: both teams will definitely make playoffs. I do believe that
1: I'm leaning chargers for me are a lean that they get in. I just, I think like, even when I wasn't fully focused on this game, Justin, I think you had said it. Like I kept seeing the chargers I thought they were going to score and I would literally walk away because they were down like near the red zone. And then I'd come back and the score would be the same, but the Chiefs would be going the other way. Somebody care to explain that to me? Did they just keep going for it and not getting it on fourth down?
2: Essentially, yeah. I mean, to me, it's karma. It's karma because they refused to run Austin Eckler in the red zone. And then when they did, he scored a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, they wouldn't give this man the ball. And I don't know if it's because his ankles a little banged up or what the deal is, but they had no problem giving the ball to Josh Kelly and the other Joe Schmo that's in the backfield there. Like I, it made no sense. Their gameplay was very strange when it came to the red zone. Um, or, you know, how about target big Mike Williams in the red zone every now and then, I mean, the dude's like six, five and can climb any ladder. Like it, how about kicking
1: of a good old fashioned field goal? How about a, a couple three, of those bad boys? They
2: That game would not went to overtime if, if they would have kicked the two, three point tries they could have had within like the 10 yard line. I mean, you would assume that six points through two yeah, attempts. Like that's the game. You don't go to overtime. You win that game in theory, but here they are with the L the chiefs back in first place in the AFC. That's the story. That's all that, that you know, that's how it is at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And we can move on because I can go on and on and on about this game. It was really fun to watch. It sucks. Like I said, Herbert didn't get a chance at the end, but he did have a chance. I think at the end of regulation, you guys, uh, to go down because the Chiefs scored, it was like they both scored so quickly. The chargers had a chance to go down and score and they could not move the ball. Like they couldn't, they couldn't move the ball at the end of the game. They have no one to blame, but themselves. So all the people, all the chargers apologists being like, well, they didn't get a chance in OT. It's like, no, you had a chance. And the difference was that like the chiefs could just march down the field and take care of business. And you couldn't at the end of the game, when it mattered the most, when it mattered the most, the chargers defense could not hold point blank period. And we've seen that before, you know, Seen that before, so. Um, sorry, there was a little little pause there. I had a weird little box pop up on my screen, but we're back. You guys, Herbert had a great game. Mahomes had a great game. So the AFC is wide open. I do think that the Chiefs are the absolute best team in the AFC. I think it's not even close. I think it's the Chiefs. And then the funky bunch and everybody else is the funky bunch. So that was the Thursday night game. We also had a Saturday night, Saturday night game, guys. We had Sunday games. We got a game tomorrow. We got a game Tuesday. We had a game every single day, except Wednesday because of good old Omicron or whatever you want to call it. But Saturday night, we had a huge game. It was the Patriots and the Colts. And although, although I won on the Colts, I took the Colts as the, the game winner, you guys. I did not expect this game to go this way. This game, it just seemed like a huge letdown spot. The, the Colts wanted it more. They needed it more. I don't know if it was the Saturday weirdness, but this did not look like a Bill Belichick team. The Patriots made a couple of key errors in this one, and to me, that was the difference in the ballgame.
2: Yeah, it, it really just seemed like it was not the Patriots. We were accustomed to from this season. Um, they didn't get the ball running. Damien ha- didn't get the ball going in the run game. I should say I terrible English. Um, Damien Harris is out. Um, I would have thought Stevenson who was in those positions where he's had to fill in for Damien Harris. He's done a great job. They couldn't even hit, get him going because they got down two scores very, very quickly. Yep. Um, you know, the Colts, they played with urgency. Their defense stepped up big time. Like, They played how we thought they would at the beginning of the year. They're starting to really, you know, show their true colors, be that good, strong defensive unit that they have been. Um, Carson Wentz didn't really have to do a whole lot because Jonathan Taylor just ran the ball 30 times and, uh, put his nuts on the table at the end with a 70 yard rush to walk it or to really seal the deal. The Patriots could have got the ball back. They sent everybody to the box and Jonathan Taylor didn't give a shit. And he just ran all over him. That dude is very good. And he needs to be in some MVP conversations. Seriously. He really does.
0: Many Derrick Henry. Since Derrick Henry's uh, not around to uh, have these big walk off running, you know, plowing people over touchdowns. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's stepping up and just saying, I can do that. Thing is he's been doing that since Wisconsin. So anyone who's been watching him just for the last, what, six years, you just think, man, just, Dude just keeps doing this, and it's it's incredible to watch. Um, I enjoyed watching this game. I definitely enjoyed when the Indianapolis went up 20 to nothing. I did believe that when their field goal kicker missed his field goal kick that would have put, him up, put them up 23 to nothing, I thought, okay, there it is. Like, that's, that's it. That's when a Bill Belichick team starts to overcome other teams' mistakes just so he can pounce on them. Sure enough, here come the Patriots. (laughs) Hunter Henry just caught two tutties, you know, basically just trying to be a mini Gronk himself and just a little mini Brady Gronk connection with Mac Jones and Hunter Henry. But thankfully, you know, with Jonathan Taylor being what he was, it's funny because uh, I saw a video where Quentin Nelson actually like – He's, uh, he's he's basically just doing like a double-team block. So for those that don't understand, uh, from the guard's uh, position, he's literally to the left of the center, like that's holding the ball. And once they uh, the ball is snapped, they're moving up on a double-team, and he happens to just like come off. So like the moment that Jonathan Taylor sees him come off, he instantly cuts to his right, and that's when he bursts. Like it's just an extreme, just like front-line burst. that just happens to just put him ahead. It was incredible to watch. Uh, you're right. Uh, this is one of those. Yeah, unfortunately, a team had to lose. But right now, I don't think anyone wants to play the Colts.
1: No, nobody does want to play the Colts, <clears throat> and the main reason is you guys just talked about it. Two words: Jonathan Taylor. Um, this, Wentz doesn't have to do much. Nobody's talking about Wentz because
0: they've got other than the y'all getting that first round pick. Though, yes,
1: yes. Shout out Wentz. Praise Shout Jesus. out Frank Reich. Praise the Lord. I mean, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. What a trade. Howie Roseman, what a guy. We, we hey, know. quick thing about that. That
2: was through the COVID fiasco at the beginning of the season, the fear of COVID right now running rampant, and this man injured two injured. ankles. Yeah. Two ankles. And he <laughs> yeah. has not missed significant time at all. That's right. Shout out to him, man.
1: Shout out to him. I appreciate it. Bro, shout out Goofy Running, Goofy Sliding. Well, I guess we're all talking
0: about uh, Carson Wentz now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody's talking about him now. Listen, they – Colts are good. I said this a few weeks ago. I said the Colts are freaking good. Like nobody's going to want to play them. We were all talking about the Patriots because they're also a very good team in the NFL. Bill Belichick has that team well-coached, well-disciplined, Uh, Mac Jones made a couple of mistakes, but overall, if you watch this game, you did not just box score, watch, he played a relatively good game. He is still a good quarterback. They will bounce back, but this is just the Colts showed up. They didn't make mistakes. Jonathan Taylor, when Wentz can turn around and hand it to him, he is a very, very good quarterback. Like I said, nobody's talking about his vaccine status or his busted up ankles or the way he's goofy when he runs and he gets sacked. Nobody's talking about them because they're winning and they're winning because of Jonathan Taylor. On the other side of the ball, we got to talk about the double D's, man. DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard are a menace. They are a problem. They are a problem. This this game, I mean, Mac Jones was under pressure the whole first half. They put together a long drive in the second quarter. The Colts have the blocked punt, right? They have the blocked punt for the touchdown. That turns it to 14-0 quick, as we all alluded to. That was a huge momentum swing. And then... The game was over, guys, in the second quarter when Mac Jones leads the Patriots all the way down the field. 80, 70 yards, something like that. He gets to the red zone. He gets to the 15-yard line. It's third and three. He drops back to pass, and guess who he throws it to? He throws it to Darius Leonard, man. He just drops into a soft zone. Mac never sees him. He throws his hands up. As soon as he lets go to the ball, guys, he puts his hands on his head. He's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't see him. <laughs> and that's when the game was over. The game was literally over in the second quarter. That defense was a problem. Um, and yeah, man, shout out to the Colts. I, you don't, nobody in the AFC wants to see the Colts in the playoffs. I promise you, because it would really
0: suck to be like a two or three seed and draw them first.
1: Yes. I'd be like, okay, do I need to lose more games? So I don't have to play the Colts. Like, please let me play anybody else, you know? I'd rather play the Chargers. Let me play somebody else that doesn't have a really good defense and is going to hog up time of possession by just running the ball every single snap and being good at it, you know? There's a a key difference. The difference between the Colts and the Bengals and the Chargers is the Colts are good at running the ball. That's the main difference. What's
0: that, they can, they can close.
1: They can close the game. Exactly. They can close the game on the ground. They don't, you know, they're not, the clock's not stopping. There's not a bunch of possessions left out there for the other team to come back and beat you with the last second drive. The Colts close the deal, man. You don't want to get down against them. So
2: hey, biggest difference between those teams you just referenced in the Colts is coaching. Frank Reich is a better coach than both of them combined. He pounds the table for consistency. And that's what is the biggest difference maker for the Colts. They stick to what they do well. And they just, even when they're not doing it, at their best, they're still gonna keep freaking trying. Like, for example, Jonathan Taylor, before that big 70 yard run or whatever it was, he had like 28 carries for a hundred yards. Yards per carry wise, that's not his normal self. But guess what? They still kept giving him the damn rock and it paid off. The yep. Colts do what they do well and they stick to it. And that's why they're in the position they are.
1: Yeah, they're right there. I mean, they're right where they want to be. I mean, didn't they start out 0 3, you guys?
2: Yeah. They started yeah. off pretty bad. Yeah. Lost to Seattle, lost to the Rams and somebody else in there. They, they started off pretty bad. And now they're what? Eight and six. Is yeah. that right? Eight and six. Yeah.
0: There was a sure. one, there was one point in the season when we did on a previous pod where Uh, we were saying like who were the best, I think like two or three or two and four, like really like terrible teams. And the two consensus teams were the Patriots and the Colts. And you just see the position that they're both in. Gentlemen, that could also be a playoff rematch, like Wild Card weekend. Like that, we could have just seen a possible like matchup you know, because let's say that the Colts did uh, seal like the sixth seed and the Patriots with the three seed. Well, that's the matchup. Or, you know, it could be a division matchup where the Patriots, I'm sorry, the uh, Colts could seal the seventh seed and let's just say the Titans get the two seed. And even with the Titans banged up and Derrick Henry not playing, and even though the Titans have already beaten them twice, I mean, we said it, you know, beforehand, if the Titans and the Colts played each other now, like, it's, it's no question who would come away with the victory.
1: Yeah, it's not. The Titans are a shell of themselves. Um, they suffered a tough loss today as well, Dylan. Uh, we don't have to go you know, deep into that, but the Steelers won. It's basically playoff football now. It's do or die. It's put up or shut up. Tomlin had them ready. And the Titans had the lead in that game, man. But they just, you know, when it matters most, they, they literally fell inches short of converting a first down at the end of the game. They shouldn't have been in that position. It was reminiscent of Kevin Dyson against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Just short. You know what I mean? So I don't know. The Titans are kind of kind of in a tailspin. And what can you expect, man? They don't have, you know, A.J. Brown. They don't have Julio. They have nobody. They have nobody. They, they're resorting to having to pick up guys off the street to run the ball and their offense runs through Derrick Henry. So tough to see. The Colts are sitting pretty... Guys, another team that is struggling to run the ball that I want to talk about a little bit. I had a lot invested in this game. Obviously, I had fantasy implications in this game. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, the Carolina Panthers. On paper, you guys, they won this game by, I think, 14 or 17 points. I think it was 17. This game was a lot closer. I promise you. I sat through this. This was a one-score game until basically the fourth quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. And the Panthers had a chance to move the ball, but they didn't move the ball very well. I think in the third quarter, at one point, I looked at the screen, I took a screenshot of it, and Cam Newton had, I want to say he was like seven for 12 with 90 yards passing. And this was like about to be the fourth quarter. So you would think that the Buffalo Bills would have been beating the crap out of the Panthers. Well, they didn't. I don't know what's wrong with the Bills, you guys. I really don't. I don't know if it was the Panthers' defense was that good They had a, they had an interception earlier that Josh Allen threw, but the bills, once again, they just, they looked sluggish, man. They looked really sluggish. They had to score 14 points in like the last six minutes to make the score look the way it was like to make Josh Allen's stats look the way they did. They just, they don't look right. They can't run the ball. They try to run the ball. It just puts them in third and long situations. You know, they're, they're behind in the down and distance and they just don't look fluid. I don't necessarily know that I like the game plan that they're calling either. And in that game, honestly, in the second half, I felt like they should have been more aggressive, but Cole Beasley being doubled, Stefan Diggs being blanketed. Gilmore was shutting down whoever he was on. And I just, I don't know you guys, to me, I, I don't see the bills as legitimate contenders right now. I think they're frauds.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think I agree with you. And that sounds crazy. Cause you would have asked me week six, week seven, these are random weeks people. I don't know who they played that week <laughs> or what the scenario was, but the point is remains. I thought they were the be- one of the best teams in the AFC. And now I'm to the point where they can't run the ball. They have zero run game. They're so one-dimensional Josh Allen's foot's banged up. And to me, the bills are at their worst when Stefan Diggs isn't getting double digit targets. I've said this weeks ago in the pod and it was true as, as per the results in the field. When Diggs is getting incredibly high volume, the volume he deserves, the bills are at their best because that opens up everything else in their game. Balls aren't being forced to Dawson Knox You're not being forced to Gabriel Davis, who had a hell of a touchdown. It was really nice needle thread there by, uh, uh Mr. That's Josh up. Allen for sure. But I'm telling you, Dig. When Diggs goes, this team goes. And if they want to make any noise in the playoffs over these last few games, they need to get Diggs the volume that he he got last year when they were the most successful. Was when Diggs was getting the ball because no running backs coming in that on that team into that locker room and going to change that dynamic of their game this year. It's not going to happen. So get it to your best player, and that's Stephon Diggs, and let him make things happen.
1: There, I want to get Dylan's thoughts on this too, but their O line is trash. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big part of the problem. I forgot to mention was Josh Allen does not have the pass pro that he deserves. And thankfully he is big and strong. You can't arm tackle him. He's agile. He's mobile. Even with the busted foot, he only had one big scramble that I could see. You could tell that he was not trying to have that foot stepped on or landed on. He got landed on a couple of times. That O line is trash, bro. If you put Derrick Henry behind that O line, they still wouldn't be good. They need to fix that line, man like they're just, they're not good. Like they have so many issues. And like you said, they need to get the ball to Stefan Diggs. But when you come up against a team that schemes for it, Bill Belichick would scheme, uh, Matt rule, obviously schemed Carolina's still putting up some fight, even though I, you know, they've really got no chances of going anywhere, but they're still fighting. Although they have Cam Newton at quarterback and just a bunch of jokers on offense. Like the, They're terrible. But on defense, they game plan. They took away digs. He always was bracketed or had two guys near him. And then on plays, Justin, where uh, Josh Allen would typically go look for a, a Cole Beasley in the middle of the field on a blitz when they would bring pressure. So when they would bring five or more blitzers against Josh Allen, Matt rule was doubling Cole Beasley. So Josh Allen couldn't even go to his hot read. It was genius. The game was incredibly frustrating to watch, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Dylan is locked into the Saints. I'm trying to get his attention back to the Bills, but I get it, man. That's your team. Those are your boys.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm I'm watching, but I'm paying attention, Yeah, I'm just listening to what you have to say. And uh, I mean, to me, realistically, when I see the Bills play, I I, I feel like I'm watching the Ravens because it's it's pretty much like the same deal. You know, O line is very questionable. The but the, I feel like the biggest difference is the the bills running backs aren't severely injured. If JK Dobbins was playing for the Ravens, their run game would be better. All I'm saying is that I feel as though Josh Allen is relied upon too much. Like he's asked to be not only their best passer, but also their best rusher as well. And, you know, eventually that's just going to, you know, kind of like Lamar, it just gets to the point to where it's, you know, are you, you know, you're really giving this guy a crazy workload. Eventually that's going to add up and eventually that's going to cost you at some point. I mean, I believe that even with today's um, loss for the Ravens that they have the same record as the Bills as well. And, you know, I mean, I, I just, I just look at them as the same team and eventually that's just going to be the same outcome as far as, you know, whether or not they actually have the quick exit or they're just uh, not even going to make the playoffs. We'll see within these next, you know, couple of weeks because or these next, what, three weeks because it's, again, it's going to be wild down the stretch. It really is. There's, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be – it feels as though every, like, drive is going to be important for some of these teams for the next three weeks.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, the playoffs are here, man. This is playoff football. Playoffs start early. You have a lot of teams, a bunch of jams, people contending. Um, quickly want to stay in the NFC East since, you know, we are Eagles fans here, uh, Justin, but a game that I watched a little bit uh, had some rooting interest. I watched the Cowboys and the Giants – And basically what I took away from this was that the Cowboys defense continues to create turnovers. They had four turnovers in this one. I think it's like three or four times this year. They've done that, which is a franchise record for them. I saw that graphic and so hats off to them. The Cowboys scored 15 points off of turnovers. But again, this is a game that was pretty close down to, to the end before it wasn't close, but the Cowboys did not look good against the giants on offense. They did not look good at all. They they could do
0: suck though. let's, That's, Let, let's get that out the way. That, the Giants of do suck. That's the I'm point. I'm starting to really hate Saquon Barkley, but I'm sorry. Please go ahead.
1: No, no. The Giants are awful, and that's the point. Division game or not, like Dak was shaking his head during this game, guys. And they, the reporter on the field, I forget uh, which lady it was, asked him about it. You know, I could see you shaking your head, and Dak's just like, yeah, you know, just we're leaving all these opportunities out there. They're not playing well. They don't look good on offense. They scored 15 off of turnovers, like. They look broken, man. They really look broken. I don't know what's up with the Cowboys, but I I don't know. They just, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I do not feel confident about them doing anything at all if they make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I don't don't want to dive on this heavy, um, but if I'm a playoff team in the NFC, I'm not afraid of Dallas. I'm not intimidated by Dallas, at least as of right now. They can obviously, I think they can correct their issues. But right now, who's afraid of them? They, they've they looked so lackluster. And like you said, and exactly to Dylan's point and what you were trying to say, the Giants suck. And Dallas still looked terrible on offense. Amari Cooper didn't do anything. CeeDee Lamb didn't do anything. Dalton Schultz was their biggest, um, you know, productive weapon. And what's that saying? Zeke had a touchdown, sure. They still didn't look good. They d- they no. didn't look good. And that's that's no. it.
1: The only person who looked kind of good in this game was Pollard, which is surprising because he was dealing with plantar fasciitis and another injury. And Dak was using him as the check down a lot. And the man's got wiggle. I mean, he's just, he's fun to watch. He built out the Cowboys on a lot of drives and that's it. You know, I I'm with you. We, we, we can move on. The Cowboys don't look good. They're uh very sus. You know, they're on the suspect list. We're watching them big Watching sus. them closely, big sus for the Cowboys um, guys, the, the primetime game of the afternoon, the game, most of the country watched, and involves another team we're talking about. We had the Packers and the Ravens. You guys were really locked into this one. You guys would tell me about it. You know, the end of the game kind of frustrated you, Justin, but this was a crazy game. The interview with Aaron Rodgers at the end of the game was crazy because he was sitting there with like a bewildered look on his face and really just couldn't believe that they won because of how it ended. Like he kind of was just like, in his interview, he goes, yeah, we were winning by 14 and then there was like not a lot of time left. And then we were like not winning anymore. I, it was, it was crazy, but the Ravens, they have a chance to win this game late and they don't go for the tie. They go for the win. I applaud that move. How do you guys feel? Would you have made the same decision?
2: No, dumb, 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 dumb. And and I say this because it burns you once Harbaugh, you lost that way to Pittsburgh, the same exact recipe, and you lost once. Pretty much same play was drawn up too. To be quite honest, it didn't work. And I get not wanting to give Aaron Rodgers the ball. I understand that he Aaron Rodgers looked surgical almost this entire game. They control the clock. They I think in the third quarter the Ravens had the ball twice, and like the second possession carried into the fourth. Like the Packers maintained ball control. It was insane. But moral of the story is. Why the hell don't you just uh, just give your team a better chance than trying to go for two with a backup quarterback? Yes, Huntley played great, but I still don't understand the move, especially when it burned you just a few weeks ago. I don't get it. Now the Ravens find themselves, you know, what, eight and six? It,
1: I just don't get it. I don't. It's weird to me that Huntley, like, why does he look like Lamar Jackson out there?
2: Plays the same way, he same does. style of
1: play. He has the same herky jerky movement when he's running behind the line of scrimmage, and he's he's pump faking, or he's or he's waiting to like waiting for his blocks to set up, and then he runs on a scramble or a design run. Like he looks like Lamar Jackson, just a different number, different obvious face, etc. But like, why do they look so similar, man? Is it from sitting behind him and studying him, or they literally drafted a replica of him? Like, I don't understand.
0: I mean, it looks, yeah. I mean, that's probably their intention, you know, and, you know, Hudley's probably just seen it enough to where he just kind of just goes along with it. I really can't explain it. I mean, but I enjoy watching it. I, I really enjoyed how competitive this game was even, uh, you know, towards the end, you know, uh, I mean, it wasn't, you know, too great, especially when uh, Aaron Rodgers gets up 28 to 17 at that point, you're just kind of just like, all right, well, there it goes. But there wasn't any quit. You know, um, to Justin's point, I disagree. I think it was a good idea. I, I don't think it was a dumb move. I think that just shows that uh, Harbaugh just believes in his players. Like even if Lamar Jackson's not out there, he believes that his team can get it, get it done when it needs to be done. And
2: zero for two uh, and trying to get it done. Zero for two.
0: Hey, hey man, it just <laughs> hey it just it and, and he'll take it. Like because I mean he 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 doesn't. All he cares about is the respect of his team. He's got it, and he's got their back. They got his. They're probably even going to take this on themselves, just like, you know, we should execute. We shouldn't be owing to. And that's what I like about the Ravens. They're just so snake-bitten right now with injuries that it's just really piling up to the point to where it's like, all right, well, you're kind of almost like the Titans in a way, you know, except for <laughs> you know, you're just so riddled with injuries. You're just relying on good coaching and situational awareness. And, you know, eventually that's going to, uh, you know, that's that's going to expose you. No matter how good your coaching or situational awareness is, it's it's still going to expose you.
1: It's crazy because I didn't think that they should have been in this game. And they were down 14, again, with like four minutes left. Another weird game. And the difference is that they, they came back. They came back. Uh, they give the ball back to the Packers. They force a three and out. They get the ball back and they go down and score the touchdown. I see where you're coming from, Justin, Um, especially given that they had just held the Packers to three and out. Like your defense is playing well. Like, you know, the Packers have moved the ball, but they've also not moved the ball. You guys are fighting at the end. The only reason I applaud the move is because I hate ties and I don't care about bonus football. I don't know. Maybe you would have given yourself a chance. You go to OT, like you have a chance to just walk it off or hold them and then score. But I can't fault a man for, for putting it all on the line. He pushed all his chips and he went all in, he went all in. We're going to win on this play or we're going to go home. We're going to get a shower and, you know, head back to our family. So they didn't get it done. I didn't think they would be here in the first place. I thought that Lamar Jackson would be worth, you know, seven points at least and with as poorly as Lamar has been playing up to this point you could see that there wasn't actually that much of a difference. So, you know, Tyler Huntley played well, man, he did, he, he showed up, he played well and um, they just couldn't get it done. The Packers got pretty lucky. They got pretty lucky. They played, they played almost a complete game. They had them right where they wanted them up 14, four or five minutes left. They let them back in. So, you know, the Packers continue to be the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. In my opinion, there's no doubt that they lock up the one seat at this point. Arizona lost to Detroit.
2: We don't need to talk about it, but shout out to the Lions for beating Let's go Arizona.
0: Lions.
2: yeah, big dub, big big dub for them. Arizona, what the hell?
0: I, a I don't down. get it. Brown. No, it that wasn't was even close. Down. It
2: wasn't even competitive.
0: Um, Is so the Kyler Packers are
1: going bad. M-
0: no. No. <laughs> no. Hot take. There's Justin just, said there, Kyler Murray sucks. There's just no DeAndre Hopkins and just they, sp-
1: that's no excuse.
0: James Connor came back down the earth.
2: James Connor didn't catch seven balls and score 55 touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> like he has been. Like it, yeah, they neutralized the run game. They neutralized Kyler and Yeah. Shout okay. out the Lions. And the Packers yeah. gonna lock up the one seed, book it.
1: Book it. You heard it. You guys, uh, any predictions for the Sunday night game? We're recording guys during Sunday night football. We had to move our time up a little bit. So like I said, Dylan heavily invested in this saints and bucks game. Uh, Justin, who do you think wins this one?
2: Um, man, I, Ooh, I (coughs) need Tampa. I need, I need Tampa to win for the sake of the Eagles. Um, and I have Kamara in the fantasy playoffs. So, ah, God, I need it to be a shootout. But I'm gonna okay. say Tampa wins in the end. I need I need a competitive game. But Tampa Dylan,
1: wins. Dylan, who wins this game, Mister Mister Saint, Mister New Orleans, who that, Mister Boudet. Let's go.
0: Who that? Let's go. Who that? They got Brady's number. They they know it's the end of the third or first quarter as we're recording right now, and it's currently three to nothing, and they're at least getting after him. So let's let's go. Who that? Where is this game? In Tampa, unfortunately. Oh wow. And this
1: is the second meeting, right? Of the season?
0: Uh, Yes. uh, Yeah, Jameis got hurt the first time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to make my prediction.
0: Go Bucks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rolling with Tampa, (laughs) Bay. I'm
1: rolling with Tampa, man. You guys, we got to wrap. This has been an awesome Christmas special. It's nice to see your lovely faces. Dylan wants to watch the game. I want to cook some dang chicken. Any last words? Any famous last words before I never do this again?
2: Um, never do I, anything. Like, yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you, do you, do you plan mean, on? Never what? Yeah. I don't know what you mean by that. I'm just going to ignore moment. Okay. Again, just going to ignore that. Um, in this, my last thoughts, my closing thoughts that for Christmas, I'm going to give Cole, like not Cole Hernandez, our dear friend, Cole. I'm going to I got to give Cole out to somebody, to a team. And I haven't decided who it is. So I'm stalling. Um, this is a thought that just popped into my head. <laughs> Great. segment. Um, this is a horrible segment. Oh, I know who Cole goes to this. is, is I, the I knew this coming in. I forgot the truly got to me. Um, Urban Meyer. Congrats on getting fired. You're getting cold in your <laughs> damn stocking, you piece of shit. <laughs> you suck. And you're never, you're literally never going to get a coaching job unless you're coaching like your daughter's future son's high school team. You're a terrible coach. Stop kicking people. You suck. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Chrysler. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's I mean, there's literally nothing more that anyone can say about Urban Meyer. That dude has buried himself and won't get into it. But I just wanted to my closing thoughts would be thank you all for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate everything. We want to just uh, wish you a very Merry Christmas, uh, spending time with your loved ones. Hopefully, uh, you know, those that uh, those moments that are just so special, I hope you just gain every single one of them and just really cherish them with the people that you love and care for. We especially love doing this for you. We ask you to continue your support, um, leave a five star rating, give us a review. Uh, The review was incredible last week. I definitely want to keep going with that as well. But thank you all. And it's uh, great to see your faces again, gentlemen. And uh, Merry Christmas and enjoy your time with your loved ones.
1: Yeah. Merry Christmas. You guys, really quickly, we did have a review that we missed last time. We don't have. It's oh. kind of a new one. It just says it's from the Big Willie 901 Fantasy Football Mental Bubble. Five stars. He said, pretty solid podcast when considering your weekly fantasy football lineup. So that's huge. We're not even a fantasy podcast. And this guy's taking bad advice from us to uh, win his league, hopefully. So shout out Big Willie. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope the name uh, is true to form for you. God bless you, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's
0: that, 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 that's incredible. Um,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that's you guys, incredible. Merry Christmas. I'm out of here, nice. man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hood Santa's out. Who dat? Go birds.